This is episode number 138 of the Rising Man podcast with Joshua Hathaway and Robert Schwenkler. All of your desires are on full display to the feminine, especially when you think you're hiding them. Welcome back, Rising Man family. Thanks for joining us here today. I am Jetty Azuma, the host and creator of the podcast and the founder of the Rising Man Movement. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for coming and spending time here. Whether it's your first time or your 500th time, I'm just kidding. We haven't, I don't have that many episodes yet, but I'm grateful that you were found your way here one way or the other. Because to me, this is the most important mission in my life, is to create communities of men who are united around living their purpose. And we have a very specific way that we believe we can achieve that here at Rising Man. And that is to create an entire generation of initiated men who are living on purpose, who are leaders in their families, in their communities, in their lives. And the way that we do this is through all the different ways and, and platforms and opportunities we have for you to become a bigger part of the Rising Man. But it's not possible. We can't have an entire generation of initiated men unless the men step forward, unless you, unless you step forward to become one of those men, to become a man who's living on purpose, who's leading in his life, who's paving the way for the next generation of men, these boys who are coming up behind us, who are watching everything that we do. So I encourage you right now to go over to risingman.org and find a way that you can be more involved, more invested in this community, whether that's joining our virtual online men's fire circles or stepping up to the, to the table and stepping up to the plate and joining us inside of Inferno, our 12-week intensive where you're on a team with myself and a bunch of other highly committed men for 12 weeks. Or if you want to join us on our four-day wilderness initiation out in the wild, out in the desert, out in the woods, wherever we decide to go, fasting for four days and four nights to clarify your connection to your purpose and why you're here so many powerful ways for you to take a big leap forward in your journey in your evolution of becoming the man you've always wanted to be so go check it out risingman.org everything every opportunity is living there right now okay my guests for today are it's a duo the tandem of joshua hathaway and robert schwengler they are the co-founders of authentic dating secrets an intensive virtual journey for men who want more in their relationships with women both Joshua and Robert have both been guests on the show here individually, but they have joined forces to create a really powerful offer for men in the world. With a combined 25 plus years of experience, Robert and Joshua have helped men from across the world fully inhabit their masculine potency and open-heartedness so that they can magnetically and confidently attract like-minded women wherever they go. In this episode, we discuss what it means to date authentically and how you should not be concerned with being anyone other than who you truly are, especially in the dating world. Robert and Joshua walked us through the pillars of their Authentic Dating Secrets program that has helped men from all over create more fulfilling and honest relationships with women in their lives. We talked about locker room culture and how genuine expression does not have to replace respectful dialogue in circles of men, especially when we're talking about our women. We discussed safety and how important this is for women to feel free to share all of themselves in a relationship and how we as men can create a greater sense of safety for the women in our lives. This and so much more without further ado, Joshua Hathaway and Robert Schwenkler.
All right. Rising Man family. I've got two amazing men joining me today. Actually, these guys are both returning guests, but coming on as a power duo here. Well, I guess by the end of this, we'll decide which one's Robin, which one's Batman, but I'll let you guys sort that out. <laughs> I got Joshua Hathaway here coming in locally here from Santa Cruz and my bro, Robert Schwenkler coming in from LA. How you guys doing? Doing good, Jetty. Great to so be here. Great, brother. Yeah. Let's say who's Robin and who's Batman here? Is this, is this going to start like a debate? Uh, I mean, no. it's like be totally honest in a certain way i play the robin role i like joshua is very much a front and center kind of guy and i can do that sometimes but i love doing the behind the scenes stuff and holding the structure and helping create a space for him to go out and batman the shit out of the world (laughs) but then again robert has cooler toys than i do so it's it's definitely a toss-up i would say that if you are robin then you're more the chris o'donnell version of robin not like the old school like adam west version of robin from back in the day because i feel like that version of robin got the raw end of the deal you know chris o'donnell was a badass yeah (laughs) but until you've seen robert in a g-string you have no idea how robin he is There we go. All right, Robert in a G-string. Let's see, let's see if we can shake that out of our we, out of our we, heads for a second. We got videos on Facebook of that shit. Why would you want to shake that out of your head, bro? That's a beautiful sight. Because I have a, I have a job to do here, man. I don't know if I'll be able to do my job if I don't shake that one off. And my mind is going. How can we tie this into dating for men? G-strings, Robin and Batman. How does this all fit in? Well, I'll tell you exactly how, man. This is about being your fucking authentic self. It's about not being worried about what the crowd is going to think of you for showing up as you and just shaking that ass in public if that brings you joy. And you shaking your ass in public if it brings you joy is going to attract the exact, the precisely right person for you. And it's going to just turn away all the other people who would waste your time. There you go. A, well, that's, that's a, a pivot huge, if I've ever heard one. That's, that, I mean, that's a huge learning in the dating field, man. People think it's a numbers game and it's not. It's a fucking quality game. And the less time you waste on people who are not a match for you, who are not a resonant frequency for you, then the more fun you're going to have and the hotter it's going to be and the more fully you get to express yourself and the less conflict and drama and sort of wasted time you end up sort of at the end of the day. I like that, man. And so your work together is authentic dating secrets. And I want to just start off by defining what it means to date authentically. And it sounds like you spoke a bit to that, Joshua. So what would you say, Robert? Anything to layer on that? Yeah. All of what Joshua said, the thing that I would want to add into the picture is that there's some people who show up in the world and they're like, I don't give a fuck what people think about me. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to be who I want. And there's not really a sense of care for the impact that we have on other people. What our work is fundamentally about is owning the fact that as a man, you or I have such deep gifts to offer. We have extraordinary, beautiful, powerful, sexy, fun things that we get to bring to the world and we get to bring to women. We get to own that. Like We get to let go of any part of ourselves that sells out on how badass we are. And show up in the world super confident, super confident and willing to own it. And at the same time, we get to do that with a deep sense of care and reverence and respect for the women that we're interacting with. And part of that is owning this. I don't know if I want to go down other wormholes in this moment, but I don't know about you. I don't know about your guys listening, but I know that for me, there was a strong message that I got growing up as a man, which is that men are the sexual horny beings and women are somehow like more chaste and more pure and less sexual. The opposite oftentimes is very true. So 
in humanizing women, there's actually an acknowledgement that women are really sexual beings for the most part. And yes, that there's traumas that they're carrying on to, there's fears that they're carrying on to. But to humanize women means to acknowledge that they have sexual desires too. And how do I bring that to the table like Joshua is speaking about as honestly, as transparently, as openly as possible, but doing it all in a way where she doesn't feel pressured or obligated, where she feels totally relaxed and really safe actually. Because I'm just laying everything out on the table and she gets to make 100% conscious choices about how she wants to interact with me or if not. Right. Well, and let's go down that rabbit hole because I think it's it's an important one. It's one that I had dialed up for the itinerary today. And I think a lot of that for me, just in my assessment of our culture, a lot of that comes from this lingering generational belief system that women needed to be prim and proper and stay home and throw on the apron. You know, even though, you know, the three of us sitting here and all the guys after us don't necessarily have that idea or belief about women, I think that it still lingers in the fabric of our society. And obviously things are changing. I mean, you just pop open Instagram for a second and there's a lot more freedom around how women are expressing themselves in the world compared to maybe three, four or five decades ago. But there still seems like there's a part of that. And I think wrapped up in that was that belief you spoke about that, well, men are the horny ones and women are, you know, prude beings that aren't necessarily interested in their sexuality, which obviously we know the opposite to be true. Well, and the counterpart to that paradigm, and this starts to tie into the conversation around what kind of guys do we work with in authentic dating secrets are the guys who want to break out of that paradigm. And oftentimes what they have done in order to subconsciously without knowing it in order to break out of that paradigm, they've gone all the way over to the other side where they've suppressed their sexual desire. They've suppressed their sexuality They've suppressed the beast, the raw primal parts inside of them that have desire. And that's where their potency lies. That's where your protectorship lies, which is the fundamental difference between caretaking somebody in a codependent way. And like, Oh, I don't want to say anything that would might upset them. Right. Which is what the nice guy ends up doing. In I don't want to let her his know relationships. I have desire for her that I want to kiss her, that I want to fuck her, whatever. So he shuts that down and our, our systems are, are set up to run a lot of energy, sexual energy, potency energy, sort of protectorship energy. When you shut down all that energy, you shut down your fundamental access to that fire and that potency, which is also your capacity to provide protectorship. Because what we know about women's sexuality after having spoken to so many women and been with so many women who have opened themselves intimately is that a woman's desire is infinite when she feels safe. And when a woman feels safe, when a woman feels like her consent is being honored and she feels safe, then she has access to her sexuality in a way she does not when she doesn't feel safe, right? And so it's this weird paradox where guys are tiptoeing around women, trying not to offend them. And women don't feel safe in the presence of that guy because he actually does have desire that he's actually not expressing. And women are incredibly sensitive creatures who know what you're feeling often before you know what you're feeling. So if you think you can hide something like that from a woman, you're fooling yourself, but you're not fooling her. And so there's this static in the exchange, which prevents everybody from actually dropping into greater authenticity. Or the non-exchange, because you might just not even be taking any action. Well, I could definitely throw myself out there as exhibit A in this dynamic you're talking about, because until I met my wife and, you know, obviously we were started off dating until I'd started dating my wife, I never expressed to a woman what I wanted sexually. 
I never, not once, not once in any other relationship I had, I always hoped for the best that she would either read my mind or, you know, that she would tap into something, whether she was intuiting it or just that was where she wanted to go and it fulfilled my sexual desires. So I was just rolling the dice. And what I also see as I look back in retrospect is that all of the authentic sexual desires I was having, I was exploring and experiencing through pornography and then the fantasies that I would contrive in my own mind. So in lieu of doing what at that point was the more uncomfortable thing of expressing what I wanted with my partner, I would go to the safe route because I could, I mean, in the world of pornography, I mean, you can go and explore whatever you want, experience whatever you want. She's always a yes on the screen, man. There you go. There you go. And so, and I know it's still for me personally, even up to this point, I still have that conditioning that doesn't naturally make me just say exactly what I want all the time to my partner because I have that belief wrapped around it that that's going to put her off or she's going to be offended or she, and it's always the opposite, right? It's always the opposite that she would much rather know what I want because on her end, she wants to fulfill that as best she can because she wants to have that mutual connection with me. Yeah. And talk for a moment about, we tend to be more aware of the impact we're having on ourselves when we withhold, when we go to porn and so on and so forth. But it has a very real impact on the women that we are relating with as well. Talk a little bit about the impact that that has had on your wife or on past partners. You mean, so you mean the impact of me... Of you suppressing your desires here and going and doing it instead over there and just being in this mode of hiding, basically. Yeah, well, I think... I don't know so much in my relationship with my partner because she never really expressed that to me. But I know I've heard this in other relationships that the women often feel inadequate, like, oh, well, he's going to porn because I can't fulfill those desires. or And then that tumbles them down a spiral of not feeling worthy or good enough to satisfy their partner. So really, it's like a because that exchange of the the authentic communication isn't there, it's creating greater disharmony in the two separate beings versus just like you guys said, you know, throwing on your G-string and shaking your ass and just letting him know, really, this is who I am. This is what I like. This is what I'm looking for. And finding a partner that's compatible for that. I think a lot of times guys often get into relationships and get so far down the path of commitment before they ever reveal that authentic part of themselves to their partner which is why divorces are just skyrocketing because at some point you just can't suppress that anymore. It leaks out. Well, I want to put a bookmark in that because that's really what I mean when I talk about the rite of passage of dating, right? And how truly we have to learn, as one of my teachers, Justin Sterling said, in order to have a successful long-term committed relationship, you have to know how to get into and out of short-term recreational relationships with grace in a clean way, right? And dating is very much that, like you are learning how to be authentic from day one. If you're seeing dating as a rite of passage for any man to be cultivating his capacity for relationship, right? If you don't want relationship, then don't bother with the rite of passage thing. Just go get laid and go do whatever you need to do. If you want to cultivate a truly deeply meaningful relationship with exquisite intimacy and sex and pleasure, like you have never dreamt of, then if you're right now in the phase of dating, accept that opportunity as a rite of passage and learn how to express desire without demand. Because that's what we've been circling around here. Men have learned that either I like express desire and have to force my way to get what I want, or I just suppress it, right? And there's a middle ground here. And the middle ground is expressing desire, full truth about what you want and full respect for what that evokes in the person in front of you, right? 
no demand energy whatsoever. And women in our society are so used to having sex demanded of them, right? That they're walking around also kind of ready to flinch a little bit around male desire and especially unexpressed male desire because it's like this tension in the room that they don't know where this guy's going to take it. And if he's not congruent with his desire, then it's really likely he's going to bring demand energy around it. Well, let's definitely come back to the rite of passage piece in a second, because I think really establishing what we're speaking about here when we say safety, creating safety for women in this world, that's a huge part of my mission. And I'm interested to hear from you guys, maybe Robert, you can go first, is what do you think our part is as men in creating safer spaces for women, especially around the topics you guys usually cover? Yeah, well, I'm really glad that you're bringing that up. I want to touch real quickly into this paradigm called pickup artistry. I imagine many, if not most of the men listening will be on some level familiar with the game, learn how to use tactics to get what you want from women. And when the conversation around dating coaching or learning how to do better in the dating life comes up, a lot of times there's at least some level of connotation relating to PUA and manipulation, right? So overt manipulation is the other end of the spectrum from hiding all of your desire. And you ask what allows for safety with women and we're in it. We're in that conversation, being unhidden, being courageous enough and solid enough in yourself as a man to be able to express the most honest and beautiful in parts of you, of your desire, of your truth, and lay it out on the table for a woman to get to choose whether she wants to play that game with you or not. It's fucking terrifying oftentimes. And it's far more courageous than hiding. It's far more courageous than learning tactics and tools to get what you want from a woman. And ultimately, it's a state of sovereignty that feels extraordinary as a man. And that's what's safe to women. And oftentimes, we talk about boy and man on the show. And I didn't ask you guys that question because you both have answered it here before. But I want to point out something you just said. You were talking about when we hide our desires and use manipulation to get what we want. To me, that's that's all boy energy. That's all what's in it for me energy. That especially if we're talking rites of passage, the passage from boyhood into manhood, I believe is the ability to make my existence less about me and more about the people around me. So entering into a relationship or the possibility of a relationship with a woman with that question, what can I bring to this woman's life? Without ignoring our own desires and our, and our needs, but making sure that that is part of the context. Well, your honesty and your honest expression of desire is what you can bring to a woman in the relationship. There's no gap between one and the other. Your truth, your unhiddenness, is what women out there in the world who are scared of male sexuality are desperate for. And the game that you start to play is no longer a zero-sum game where somebody has to win and somebody has to lose, right? We've been trained in this weird way that for men to get what they want, they have to take something or there's some like take involved in it that women lose in some way. When the infinite game, when the truth is that men's desires are a gift, If that desire can be expressed as desire and not as demand, not as manipulation or force in any way, then it actually lands as a gift 99% of the time, right? 
And it takes courage to express a desire that you have no guarantee of getting. And a lot of guys might relate to how I have been a lot of my life, which is I won't express a desire until I'm like 99.9% sure that I can get it. So there have been so many opportunities I've had in my life that I have wasted because I didn't have the courage to express a desire that I wasn't already sure I would already get. And the key here, the key to really expanding your capacity around dating, expanding the quality and and raising the bar on the kind of women you attract into your life is your ability to express desire when you have no guarantees that it is going to be reciprocated, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And Joshua, I want to ping the ball back over to you as well for a topic that I love how you speak about. You were speaking a moment ago, Jetty, about manipulation and safety and trust with women. Uh, Joshua, I'd love to hear you speak about your take on manipulation as it connects to the friend zone. Again, when guys think of manipulation, we oftentimes think of the game and tactics and I'm going to overtly try to get what I want, but let's talk about what a lot of guys who are listening, I imagine, are more familiar with. Let's talk about nice guy manipulation because this is a hard truth for a lot of dudes. A lot of dudes are living in the nice guy land, right? They're living in the friend zone in their lives because they think that in order to get close to a woman, I have to shut down my sexual desire. I have to become unthreatening to her. Right. And so they move in towards women as this unthreatening, like, I'll be the shoulder for you to cry on. I'll be the nice guy, the emotionally secure friend. Right. But in order to do that, they shut down all of their, their desire. And then it's never actually gone. They just don't honor it. Right. And then there's some thought or idea that maybe if I get close enough to her and I'm nice enough, then she'll want to sex me. Right. (laughs) That's not how fucking sexual chemistry works. Right. And that's not how polarity works. But there's this subtle manipulation that a lot of guys are caught in that if they can be a friend, then maybe she'll want to fuck her friend. Right. And so how do we get out of that game, that manipulation? How do we be clear up front about what our desire is, what our capacity is, and what our availability is for that, right? And just lay it out and let everybody navigate from the beginning with the same information on the table. Yeah, I'm glad that you guys brought that up. I think that's really important. I think that's where a lot of guys tend to come from as a part of this counterculture, trying to counter the abuse of women and the taking advantage of women that's occurred for so long. You know, the Me Too movement, everything that that is speaking to, I believe that the nice guy is our effort to compensate for that. At least the best thing that we came up with for a while around how we can make women feel safe. And obviously we've already spoken here about how that doesn't actually make them feel safer. It kind of triggers that, what do you want question in their mind. I think that Another piece to bring into this, because I don't really want to talk about a lot about porn, but you know, I used to think that only guys watch porn and I forgot that, you know, women watch porn a lot too, way more than I ever thought. And that, so those messages, the narrative that is the majority of what I've experienced pornography to be has male dominance and feminine surrender, if you will, and even like a violence in the sexual acts and the the fantasies that are being played out. And I know that there's a whole lot wrapped up in it, but I imagine that there's a belief for women around what men are interested in and who they need to be in order to satisfy their male partners. I think I just want to highlight that because there's so much tied to it and it's so twisted. And the fact that the majority of boys are frequent and habitual viewers of pornography by the age of 11. 
in the United States right now. That was like the recent statistic I saw. And to me, it's that's when you're formulating your ideas about what sexuality is. And if that's our educator for sexuality and probably the same for girls, I don't know the stats on it, but I'm sure it's the same for young girls too, then there's a lot of undoing that needs to happen. Well, and I want to speak to the belief systems that women can take on and I know that this is not an uncommon thing. It's, it takes different flavors for all women. But I was engaging with a woman who lives in New York earlier this year for a few months. And it was my honest, overt expression of attraction and desire that sparked the whole thing off. And there was tension in the space. Where it's like we could both feel it. It's just a matter of who's going to take the lead around being honest about it first. We had some really delicious, really, really hot interactions by text, video, so on and so forth for a few months. And over time, some of the other pieces began to come through for her as well, which is this idea of, and she's super sexy, incredibly attractive woman, both you know physically, energetically, very sexual also. And at some point it started coming through of in different modes, her communication that uh, do you want to experience me as a human being also? Am I only... And not because she was getting this energy from me, but because that's what she's kind of learned and been trained to. Am I only good as a fuck toy for you, basically? And me showing up, actually caring about her as a person and wanting to get to know more about who she is and what she's about and the full breadth of her humanity, of which a part is her sexuality, was, I believe, we never talked about it explicitly, but I could see the way that it landed. I could see the kind of gears turning inside of her mind and inside of her body and things shifting in there of like, oh, wow, here's a guy who's being super honest with his sexual desire and showing up really fully engaging me sexually. But wait, there's space for me as a human being also. I could tell there was something new and good about it for her. Which is also another belief that needs to be debunked too, is that I've definitely had sexual partners like that who when they found out that I wasn't always just into having a certain type of sex, that I actually am down for the romantic stuff, that I want to be that romantic, sensual, caring, nurturing lover at times too, that there's width and breadth to the way I want to express and give and receive in that sexual space, that it's almost shocking to some women like, oh, wait, we can have really loving, gentle sex, even just, you know, not just going right for the end game. And so there's so much to it, right? It crosses the lines between male, female, masculine, feminine. There's, there's, there's big healing here that we can do. And it sounds like to me from what you guys are saying, it all starts with just honesty. I love that you're bringing this context around healing because that's another way of framing the work that we do with men and our authentic dating secrets. We are helping men come inside of themselves, get more healed, get more aligned so that they can go out and engage with women in a dating scenario in a way that literally heals the world. And this is a concept that was very foreign to me for so much of my life, which is that my sex and my desire and my masculinity are actually healing forces in the world. They're forces for good. They're fundamentally life-affirming. And helping men access this knowing of themselves and the difference that they get to make in their own lives and the lives of people around them is absolutely a core piece of what we're up to. Mm -hmm. Because we're all very familiar with how egregiously men have been conditioned and trained in this culture, right? How we have been violently trained not to be sensitive creatures, right? We have been literally under physical threat to not feel, 
and not express emotion, not be sensitive, not be attuned. As a man in this world, you have to shut a lot of things off in order to fulfill your obligations and responsibilities and the role of the man. Just for the listener, Joshua, put little quote fingers around that, that you know, quote, obligations and responsibilities. Yeah. And so we're all becoming more human. We're all learning to be more human in this process. Men and women alike and from different directions are coming towards a, 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 like a, hum, a sense of humanity. And, um, and there is no, I am, I am quite convinced of this now that there is no more powerful path to healing and awakening than the path of intimacy. And so as a man who's listening and who is wanting to date and is, is in that world, I think it's really important for you to answer a very fundamental question for yourself, which is why do you want to be in relationship? Because if you want to be in relationship just to get rid of this feeling of loneliness, if you want to be in a relationship just because you can't stand being around yourself <laughs> for this long, you're heading for trouble, brother. But if you want to be in a relationship because you see that allying your life to a woman who can meet you and who can challenge you and who can see your blind spots for you and deliver that feedback lovingly most of the time and who can call you into your protectorship, providership, and potency, then you're on the right path. And that relationship is something that you establish with every single woman that you engage with. And Robert and I talk about this a lot with men. There's this way in which every interaction that every man has with a woman is either contributing to our collective sense of safety and like respect and honor and care and dignity, or it's detracting from the relationships between men and women. And when you can bring your authentic desires forward to a woman, when you can meet a woman anywhere in the world at any time, bring your authentic desires and radically honor and be sensitized to her feedback in the way that she's responding to you in a way that really fully respects her. And even if you walk away from that interaction, not having gotten what exactly you came for, but you walk away from it having contributed meaningfully just your presence to a woman and demanded nothing of her, then the legs of the universe have opened a little wider for every man on the planet because it is really a collective effort to create really meaningful and mutually valuable exchanges between men and women, right? I really like the way you say that, man. And I think that zooming out for a second and looking at how all of these micro interactions that we have with women are contributing to either the perpetuation of a culture we received or the remodeling of the one that we were given. And like we have spoken to, it's not always obvious which one we're contributing to. The manipulative subconscious tactics of the nice guy, There, I would choose them over the non-consensual violator, yes. And are there still shadows that are being played out that are causing harm and disconnection of the world? Yes. 100%, man. Here's a topic I want to make sure we get to because there's so much we can dive into around all of this. I know you guys cover a lot in the work that you do, so I want to touch on that too before we finish. But one piece that I don't think I've ever brought up or talked about here on the show is locker room talk. And I know that there's, even in when I was first initiated into men's circles, it was through some of these legacies is coming out of Justin Sterling's work and some of these older school, like the first wave of men's work, let's just call it that, that had this less sensitivity around the language that we use because uh, we use the excuse that, oh, well, we're just guys here. It's innocent because we're not walking around in the world saying these things to women. We're just saying them here. You know, that's why the locker room conversation 
I believe was justified. And I've also seen in the men's circles and men's workspace, a strong opposition to that coming from men who don't feel good about having those things even be said in spaces that are in confidence with other guys that with the belief that it stews the underbelly of that culture, right? That it keeps stirring that pot instead of eliminating it. So I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts and beliefs on how you feel about it yourself and what types of spaces you guys curate. Because I think that that is actually a bigger thing than most guys give attention to is how women are spoken about behind closed doors. I think there's a time and a place for all of it, right? There's the overarching picture for me is that we are cultivating a culture of respect for women, of deep reverence for the feminine, of an honoring of the otherness and the differentness of women, right? And a radical humanization of women. They're fully human. They're not just the object of our desire. They're not just the object of our ire. They're not just the the thing that annoys us or the thing that we want. They are full human beings with dreams and longings and stinky shits, right? They're full human beings. And yet, especially in men's circles, there can be containers in which we create space for men to express the raw junk, right? The raw experience. And sometimes that raw experience comes out as judgment and objectification and whatever else it is. If we're consciously cultivating a space where men can express in whatever way they need to, to get to what's really underneath it for them, then I'm down with it, right? I'm in full support of it. And I think that it's entirely possible to talk about, and we do all kinds of work with unleashing men's wildest desires. And we do it with men alone, and then we do it in spaces of men and women, right? And it's entirely possible to talk about your desires and talk about all the dirty things that you want to do with a woman and not make her an object. Non-consensually. What's that? Non-consensual. Objectification right? can be hot when it's consensual. Yeah, objectification is hot when it's consensual. But yeah, it's entirely possible to talk about that stuff as a man and really own it as a desire, own it and act it out and play with it as a desire and not get stuck in the objectification of those things. Yeah. I want to speak to it too. And what was coming up for me when you asked the question is pretty much what Joshua is saying from a different angle. And, you know, this is a really good question because I've thought some about it and I still am not totally able to distinguish it to myself. But what's coming up in this moment as I reflect is that it's about the level of intention that I'm bringing. Am I just getting drunk off of my sexual energy and the kind of objectification of women, sexualizing women? Am I just getting drunk off of that in a way that's keeping me shallow? Or is there an intent? Is there a path deeper into myself and deeper into my truth and deeper into my embodiment as a man? And in this conversation that, not just conversation, in this process that Joshua and I are engaged in with our work with men and our work with women, this is about honoring that as human beings, we have the whole freaking spectrum. We have all of it. And so do women. And didn't want to derail you too much, Joshua, because you're talking about objectification in groups and spaces of men, but like to try to say this in a way that comes out how I mean it, because this can be fraught territory. Women want to be appreciated for their beauty. Women want, when it's consensual, women want to be sexualized. And I absolutely know women who find it incredibly hot to be kind of like consensually objectified. I, I don't have the best language for it. It's hot to be wanted. Let me just put that way. It's fucking hot to be wanted. Well, yeah. And I mean, I'll confirm that too. I mean, when I tell my wife that I love certain specific parts of her body and the way she does and moves and does certain things, she loves it. She's like, oh, really? 
you know, I can tell it like lights her up. It gives her a little bit of a boost. And obviously she knows it's coming from a place because she knows me. We've been married for six years. She knows I love many parts of her. So when I speak to one really specific one, especially one that's about why I'm physically attracted to her, there's more context behind my love and attraction to her. Whereas I think that when we lead with, you got a nice ass, that's it. And not much more than that, then that fuels that belief, even if there's more to it than that. Like you got a nice ass and I'd love to get you to know your personality because that's probably banging too, right? You know, but it, but I think leading from that place is what is raises the guard because that message, when you lead with that purely without any other interest or invitation, I think is what causes that belief. Like, oh, here we go again. Another guy who's appreciating my ass because if it's a nice butt, then I'm sure it's been acknowledged before and fueling that belief system in that person. This is the conversation. This is the game, so to speak, that as men we're playing, which is how do I, and this is a trap that a lot of men find themselves in again, especially post me too, and so on and so forth, which is how do I be honest about my sexual desire without being quote that guy, you know? And it's a deep conversation and it involves a lot of inner healing work in every case that I've ever experienced for men. And it requires a, a willingness to mess it up sometimes. And for me, certainly a part of my process has been to acknowledge that even if I make a little mistake, sometimes that women are actually resilient. There's an honoring of the resilience and the power of women, which is that as a man, if I make one little slip up, I'm not going to destroy her entire life or whatever, you know, like that's really selling out on a female's capacity also. And I think there's one other thing that's important to mention here is that we also get to hold ourselves and each other to account. And also my preference for accountability is curiosity. Because as soon as I pretend like I know where that's coming from for a man, let's say we're in a circle with men. There's a few guys I don't know. And I hear them talking off on the side about this woman that they ran into last night. And they're they're saying all the things that we know happens in a locker room, right? Like, oh, man, this chick was smoking hot, da 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 And going off on that route, instead of assuming that I know where that's coming from, leading with curiosity and saying, oh, wow, it sounds like you had this interaction with this woman. So I hear you talking about all these physical features. Like, where does that come from for you? What is your intention, like you said, Joshua, about the intention behind the words and the language that we're using? Because maybe it is a man just really wanting to express his physical sexual urges, and there may be a deeper layer of discovery in there for him. Well, is that all you were interested in? Is it in? And if so, okay, I can accept that. Is there more that you want? No, dude, I just, I, I was, she was hot, and I really wanted to express my desires to her and share that with my friends. Okay, but not being willing to get to that level of clarity is what often leads to other problems I find too. Totally. And you know, I want to say that a lot of this is circling for me around understanding a woman's world. And like, we can talk about this in the context of men's work, but we also talk about in the context of dating and approaching women, right? And when you're approaching a bloodhound who can smell just like three parts per million of a scent and you are approaching covered in perfume to get this bloodhound's attention, like you're damaging the situation, right? So when you walk up to a woman and you're like, wow, your ass is so amazing. That's like fucking too much perfume for a bloodhound. Like if you're really holding your ground, all you got to do is be like, uh, like, uh, like one sound, one look, one look in her eye. And she knows already, you don't even have to talk about it. It's known. Where are you going to take it from here is the question. You're going to take it deeper. You're going to get to know this person. You're going to play with this person. You're going to connect. You're going to compliment. How do you want to take it from here? But the moment you walk up, your energy is red. 
consider yourself an open book, brother. So you don't need to be like yelling something that you both already know, right? How can you create a process of discovery? How can you play in this improvisational way with somebody who, who you're interested in connecting more with, right? That's the fun part. And that's when we talk about understanding a woman's world, we have to understand that as men, we've been trained out of our sensitivity, especially as a six foot three white guy in this world, I have to be the least sensitive to my surroundings of any other demographic in the world, right? I don't have to be paying attention to cues and what everybody else is doing, right? Because on a cultural level, it's all been set up for me, right? And so men are less sensitive by training and by this sort of feedback loop in the world, right? We're not having to be careful when we leave the bar at two o'clock in the morning like a woman is alone, right? There are ways that we have to sensitize ourselves. We have to actively become sensitive and attuned and start to listen to cues and pay attention to subtler aspects of our environment in order to get information that's important, right? So something about understanding a woman's world is just recognizing how infinitely more sensitive she is to reading subtle cues than you are right? And that she will express all kinds of things that are not words because she's an embodied creature who her main language in most cases is feeling and emotion and sensation, right? And so how do we train ourselves? Because it's a practice. If I want to get better at shooting a bow, an arrow, I got to set up a target and miss it a thousand times, right? So we set up spaces for men to be practicing that level of sensitivity and attunement and curiosity, Like not just here, I want to make this thing happen, but throw a little something in. Like what's your bid? And then listen and notice, right? Be curious. Notice what the impact of that is. And then play from there in a cycle of feedback back and forth, like letting the energy move in that way. And so it takes practice to build that level of attunement and sensitivity for most men. So don't be afraid to practice. And I want to say that I see the nice guy as a developmental process. Like you don't get to go from completely like dead, numb, patriarchal culture into and just like leap right into like this perfect balance of like deep listening and potency, right? You have to go through this wobbly process of like learning how to listen and soften and be emotionally attuned and sensitive. And that will usually then if you keep going, you can reclaim the potency that you might've like left in the locker while you went down that that path, right? So That's some of what's important to me to say about the nice guy process. It's not bad. It's not wrong. It's a step in the right direction and it's not there yet. So keep going and keep finding what's next. I want to make sure we touch on the elements of what you guys believe helps to make a man well-rounded in this dating adventure. I thought it would be great to start off with what you told me before we started recording about dating as a rite of passage. You know, so how is dating a rite of passage? And then what do you bring into that? process to help men cross that threshold into being whoever they are become on the other side. Yeah. Well, if you take pickup artistry as a perfect example of the opposite, right? What you have is tools of manipulation to get you a short-term outcome, some kind of like sexual engagement, right? Maybe some kind of romantic process for a little while, but no relationship that's based on manipulation can last. So you haven't established a relationship that has any real future, right? In contrast, if you look at deep, committed, intimate partnership as a desirable thing, then you have to see the path to it as a rite of passage. You have to earn some stripes on your way to, to having that. And, and anything that you, you know, the way you do anything is the way you do everything in a certain way, right? In relationship. And so how can you commit at the outset of that journey of 
self-discovery, knowing what it is that you truly want in relationship and what works for you and discovery of what's available and out there. I have a friend who's single again, and he tends to be a guy who just like jumps like deep into these committed relationships. And I'm like, if you jump into a relationship without having sex with and having like deep romantic connection with at least five women, I swear to God, I will find you and slap you in the face because he has not ever given himself the opportunity to actually like see what's available and slow down and be like, this really resonates for me. This really doesn't. As soon as something resonates, he's like, oh, this, I want this. I'm going to commit my whole self to this. And so the rite of passage is learning how to get into and cultivate an authentic relationship and then say no to relationships that aren't fucking amazing, that aren't totally what you want. Instead of compromising what it is that you want to get some of what you want. Because that's what so many men do. And that's, again, not a setup for a successful relationship. So learning how to be honest from the outset and then have the hard conversations that are, you know, this isn't, this isn't really a match for me. I'm available a couple times a month for engaging with you at this level. But that's really where I see this relationship going. So if you're looking for something long-term, this isn't a fit for us, you know? Like, how can you just claim again and again the truth that's your truth about this relationship and let that lead instead of just trying to like make sure you can get access to this person when you want to or something and like that. That will be, again, speaking about healing this paradigm between men and women, that will be such a powerful act. It has absolutely been in my own life. The way that I've seen women respond when I'm that honest, they're like taken aback. They're not used to men being that honest, willing to let go of a relationship because it's not fully in alignment with them instead of just trying to get what they can out of it. This is extraordinarily powerful, both as a man and for women. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I want to make sure that we hear a little bit about the pillars that you guys have in the work that you do with Authentic Dating Secrets so that any guys out there interested, I'm sure there's guys there that are like salivating and having this kind of reality where it's like, wow, I can actually talk about what I want with a woman and it's not going to turn every woman that I encounter away. How do I do that? The and after that is that you get to have exquisite, extraordinary, mind-blowing relationships. Like every time I take a step up in level, I'm, I'm like, oh my God, I could not have even dreamed how good this could be. And it keeps getting better. <laughs> yeah. So what are the pillars of this process that you guys have crafted? Yeah. Well, we've hit on all of them in this conversation so far. The really the fundamental pillars that and I want to frame this also by saying we've had, in many ways, a fairly abstract conversation. Joshua has given some more practically oriented pieces of advice around how to approach women in a more attuned way, for instance, you know, don't wear too much perfume. But what I'm going to lay out here is the steps, the pillars, the ecosystem that we guide men through in order to cultivate their capacity to have exquisite, extraordinary relationship with women. And it's founded upon being able to own your value, which is acknowledge that my presence and my attention, my desire are gifts when offered freely to the world around me. Second pillar is claiming my desire without demand, being honest about what my desires are, what I would love to have, what I would love to do in a way that doesn't obligate her to any particular response where she feels fully at choice to be able to say yes, no, or hey, this is coming up for me. And to claim what you don't want. Be 100% clear what you don't want. The third pillar is to understand her world, which again, we've spoken about, which is this understanding that every woman I've ever spoken to, at the very least, 
has a tremendous amount of sexual desire and all that she needs in order to really unleash it and let it come through in the tidal waves that are possible for every woman I've ever spoken with is to feel safe. And it's these first two pillars that we not just believe, but see allows women to feel safe. And the fourth pillar is to do all of this within a circle of men, a group of other guys who are just as committed as you to extraordinary love lives, to getting everything that they want in their love lives in a way that also allows her to get everything that she wants more than we ever knew that we wanted and to be able to do that together. Awesome. Anything to weave into that, Joshua? Because that was a really nice synopsis. And I like that, like you said, we did. We touched on all those elements and what we talked about previously. Yeah, I would just want to actually offer guys one small concrete thing that you can do today, if you're listening to this thing, to embody some of these things. So number one, own your value. I want you to walk out, out your door today and I want you to put your attention on five different people and just give them a compliment. Just like give something to them. Own what a beautiful gift your presence and attention is without any expectation of something coming back to you. I want you to notice how you feel when you do that. And then I want you to notice the impact on other people when you do that. Because there's something incredibly powerful that shows up in your life when you show up as a giver, as somebody who's offering your gift to the world instead of trying to get something from the world, right? So that's an own your value, you know? Express desire. Maybe there's one or two friends in your life you haven't seen for a while and you'd like to see them. Send them a text and be like, I'd really like to hang out with you. It's been a while. How can you express your desire to somebody in your life in a way that is honest and authentic, but doesn't demand anything of them? Just to let them know, hey, brother, I've been thinking about you. I'd love to spend some time with you, right? That's just simple. And if you want to understand women, find a woman that you know well and say, I want to understand women better. Are you willing to have a 30-minute conversation with me and answer some questions for me? right? If you want to start to understand women, those are three actions that you could take today in the next, you know, you know, maybe not five compliments, but you could do most of them in the next 30 minutes if you tried. And I promise you, like nothing that we say here is going to be nearly as valuable to you as your own experiments. All I can do is point you in a direction and encourage you to start experimenting with something different. And so those would be the experiments I would start you on. And if you're not in a men's group already, and I imagine most of you are recognize the value if you're listening to Jenny's podcast, but surrounding yourself with a circle of men who are committed to the same things that you are and who are willing to invest their time and energy and money sometimes into having that is one of the best things you can do for yourself in in terms of actually um, accomplishing your goals and claiming the life that you really want to live. So... Yeah. And all of what Josh was speaking to here around the practices and the way that we can point somebody in the right direction, uh, these pillars of authentic dating, all of these are wrapped up into the full training that we offer. It's called Authentic Dating Secrets. We have an 11-week journey for guys who want to really dive deep into their mastery of all of the different pieces that we've spoken about in this conversation And it's our expression of all the cumulative successes and major screw-ups that we've gone through personally. It's the accumulation of all the conversations we've had with women of all of our years, creating frameworks and structures to help orient men to their deeper truth and create really beautiful love lives for themselves and other women. So that's a space that we offer as well. If a guy is interested to learn more, you can go to AuthenticDatingSecrets.com. We've got a webinar that you can put in your email and your name, and you'll get an even deeper breakdown on this, this process, this 
ecosystem that we offer to men. And I'm going to just go ahead and drop my email here. If anybody wants to write me personally or Joshua personally, just joshua at authenticdatingsecrets.com, robert at authenticdatingsecrets.com. Hit us up. Let us know what landed. And uh, we would love to be in conversation with you. For sure. Yeah. And I know that there have already been some men from the Rising Man community who have come and experienced your guys' work and have great things to say about it. And, and have extraordinary results in their lives to show for it too. My gosh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Men that I know personally and can attest to from their testimonial for sure. So, And I know you guys both also agreed to be guests inside of our Rising Man Fire Circle yeah. this month to, to share a little bit more of the juice of what you guys have to bring. So I'm Looking forward to that. And I'm sure answering some questions that other guys have after listening to this. So, so yeah, looking forward to having you guys in there in this month of September to share some more with our community there. And yeah, as you guys, you already mentioned it, the guys know where to go to come check out what you guys are doing. Uh, Anything else to say about authentic dating secrets or the work you guys are doing? I just want to say that, you know, I wish there are two things I want to say. First of all, to you who are listening and are feeling like hopeless about having a quality relationship. I mean, nobody who's in the dating world is there having not had their heart broken, right? At this age, right? Like it fucking hurts. And I know and I've spoken to and have been a guy who's just felt totally hopeless about having the kind of relationship that I dream of. And I promise you, brother, that it's out there that you can have it, that just like anything that is worth having, it's going to require you to invest and risk and be courageous in ways that you probably can't see from where you're sitting. But the more you're around people like Robert and myself and guys who we've trained, the more you see that it's these micro adjustments that are going to make all the difference in the world. It's these kinds of experiments that we're offering up. And the second thing I'll say is that as much as I'd like to say that just having guys in satisfied relationships is what this is all about for me, it's not. This is about a world where men and women are living in a deep level of mutual, resonant, respect, harmony, and reverence, right? And when each of us, like so many men I hear talking about women, talking about how crazy women are and women this and women that, right? And that is in itself a perfect example of a failure of leadership and playing the victim. When what you need to be doing is taking leadership in your life. You can talk about how much it hurts, but the more you focus on what women are or not doing, instead of focusing on yourself, the more you're contributing to the problem. And so I would love to see any man who's listening show up for this work that we're all doing together of creating a world that looks radically different than the one we inherited by learning how to honor ourselves and deeply revere women. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. I love hearing that and and really appreciate you zooming out to the big picture of what this is really about. And any last words, Robert, before we wrap up? No. Appreciate getting to connect with you again, man. These conversations are always really, really good. Yeah. Likewise, deeply respect the work that you guys are doing in the world and trust what you guys are doing. Really looking forward to seeing where we end up in five or 10 or 20 years. You know, I'm interested to see what kind of experience my son is going to have in his encounters with women because, you know, he's five years old now. So I pray my intention is that the work and the, the framework that we're laying down now will set up those young boys and girls to have healthier, more honest, more transparent communication around their relationships. Yeah, dude. Well, my son, who's 18 years old, said to me when he was 17, he said, you know, dad, I realized that I seek validation outside of myself sometimes, and it's really easy to get from girls. So I'm just going to take a break from dating for a little while and just work on myself. This is my 17-year-old son, right? And then he just broke up with a really beautiful girlfriend that he had because they're both off to college. 
And they just had this plan like, yeah, I love you. We're amazing together, but we're not going to sort of hurt each other with a long distance relationship our freshman year of college. So, you know, so if what I get to see my son doing is any indication of where we're headed, I feel really good about it. More like that. Yeah, man. More of that. Love that. Let's end on that note. Fellas, thank you for bringing your full, honest and authentic selves to the show today. And yeah, looking forward to having you guys inside of the fire circle to bring more of that juice to the Rising Man community. Mm, Let's get that man mojo moving, brother. I can't wait. Yes, sir. All right. Until the next chapter, fellas. Have a good one. All right, fam. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a powerful one. Really great to connect with both Joshua and Robert and hear more about the ways that we can connect better, more effectively, more honestly with our women. And a lot of this episode was obviously about dating men who are interested in dating women, but I think there's so much in there for men around just owning our value and really understanding who we are and what we have to give so that we can experience more fulfilling relationships, period. And I really trust these two guys. In fact, they're both going to be guests inside of our Rising Man Fire Circle this month, bringing a deeper well of wisdom. You know, this was kind of like the Cliff Notes coming attraction version of what these guys have for us. They're going to go deeper into it this week on our guest spot here in the Fire Circle. So if you want to be a part of that, go sign up for our Rising Man Fire Circles at risingman.org. And while you're there, check out what we got going on with Inferno, with our four-day wilderness fast called Compass. The initiation, rite of passage that we have offering for you guys. So many wonderful ways that you can become a bigger part of our community. Go check it out at risingman.org today. And while you're at it, please subscribe and follow us wherever you are listening to the podcast. Go hit us up on YouTube as well, youtube.com slash the rising man movement. So you can catch all the video content we've been putting out recently and follow us on Instagram at rising man movement. Big shout out to my power team, Sean, Julian, Ryan, Rowan, and Mark, and everybody else out there. I appreciate the support so, so much. To me, it is clear that Rising Man is taking a big leap forward in 2020, and it's all because of you guys. So thank you. Thank you again for supporting us. Thank you for spreading the word, and thank you for continuing to choose to rise up with us. Until next time, rise up and claim your destiny. Your destiny.